Hello, hello, and welcome to Precious Words with your host, me, Precious. And if this is your second time, welcome back. <laughs> um, now, it's been a few Sundays in passing where I have not been keeping up with what I said I was going to do, which is make a post on every Sunday. So what I'm going to say is, is that I will make a post on a Sunday. Um, it's not going to be every Sunday. It's probably not going to be every other Sunday, but I will most definitely move towards more consistencies when it comes down to this. This is something very important to me and I need to treat it as such. Now life happens to everybody. Yes, this is true indeed. And I am truly I was neglecting my outlets, which is writing, whether it's this or my Florchy Fridays. I haven't done Florchy Fridays in a good little minute either. I have ve- I've been very uninspired to do my poetry here lately, um, but I'm getting back in a groove. And regardless, I have to, you know, find my muse. I have to keep it and I have to continue to try to inspire myself even in my lowest moments. But enough with the excuses. And I do truly apologize for those of you who are really supporting me and really, you know, you know, trying to keep me on on what I'm supposed to do. I really appreciate it. And here we go. Today is a why day. Now, I'm thinking after, you know, all my series, I I don't know, uh, five, the fifth one would be a Wi-Fi, you know? I don't know. I'm trying to work it out. Like I said, I'm new to this. I want it to be spontaneous, unique, and weird because I am a spontaneous person who happens to be very unique and kind of weird to most people. But anyways, in specifics today, it's going to be why I choose not to address race, politics, and or religion. Now, to start, I just want to say I am a conspiracy nut. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's either the government did it purposely for population control, greed, and power gain, or we are in the matrix and it already happened and robots took over. Now, maybe not the last one just yet, but we are truly almost there, or... We could actually be in the matrix, but in this case, who knows? See, I can join in a ton of discussions, input output style, you know, give a little, take a little information. However, I'm not that educated on a lot of things. See, I, I scratched the surface on, you know, a lot of these topics and I'm currently practicing juggling and recording, meaning visiting multiple topics and obtaining information by keeping notes. Now, let's not get it twisted. I am very aware of the racial and or social divide. I've been actually a victor, not a victim of this, but a victor of said divides. A victor because I am a better person because of it. See, as far as politics go, 
like I said, conspiracy nut. From my perspective, it's a battle of religion and greed, a powerless, all seven sins. It's just ugh, the government, you know? See, there lies a whole bunch of mixed emotions. Feelings of powerlessness versus powerfulness when it comes to a lot of subtopics. Me, I know that when either of those topics are brought up, it means wartime. Why? Because so many people comprehend things differently. All right. For example, picture a tree, right? This tree is religion, right? Now, a tree has roots, right? Now, this is a big tree. This is not a little small tree. This is a big, ginormous tree. And if you look under it, the roots have roots that has roots that have roots that's connected to these other roots that goes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. See, topics go deeper than just three feet or six feet. The history of them are all connected somehow, some way to something else, somewhere down the line, all the way, all the way, all the way down. And see, me and many other people feel as though one can never know precisely what is true, what is false, what is 100%, and what is 50%. See, we fill in the blanks with assumptions and emotions. Things to fill that void in which we learn. So... for our for better understanding, you see, we com- compare, we contrast, and whatever fits into our own understanding, we then spit it all out onto everybody else. And then the cycle continues. They fill in the void, they research, they build their own theories. And then spit Spit it all out on somebody else. Now, while some things make zero sense to some people and others are very clear and very evident, even though it's not always that black and white, you will always have someone play devil's advocate because you will always have someone that has doubts. Now, this is where the sheep and the shepherds come to play, so to speak. Let's say the sheep, the shepherd, and the wolf. Now, the sheep, of course, are the followers. They have a purpose, but they are in need of something to fulfill that purpose. to guide them, to lead them. That is the shepherd. And the wolf is made to take that doubt that you have and make that doubt monumental towards you can't move and you look more towards the wolf and the wolf leads you astray or whatever the case may be for whatever purpose, you know, the wolf has for you. 
And see, don't think too much into it now. I'm not saying religiously, this is not real, this is false, maybe this, maybe that. I'm not getting into my own (laughs) preference when it comes down to religion. I'm not going to do that to myself. But just saying, when you have a conversation about any topic, religion, politics, whatever, you have a group of people, you have, let me, let me just say in a group of 20, you probably have four leaders, right? Three of them can, you know, kind of entangle their theories together. Even though they comprehend it completely different, they understand one another, right? And then you have that devil's advocate that has that negativity, that, you know, uh, every man for himself mentality. Truthfully, I believe unity is everything. Honestly, I believe a lot of things can change if we put aside that every man for himself theory, that crabs in the bucket uh, uh, mentality and do different. But (laughs) that's another topic. But in that group, like I said, four people, four leaders, even though the devil's advocate, the one that plays the devil's advocate, the wolf, even though he's, you know, all this negativity, every man for himself, he is a leader and he's still leading. Even if he says every man for himself and they follow him, they will still look towards him for guidance, for words, for this, for that. It's just his lifestyle, how he do certain things. But everybody comes together some form, in some form for unity, for clarity, just to double check, hey, I'm not alone in this and how I think and how I do this and how I do that and, you know, all this, all that. Now, all I know is that whenever a celebrity or a... another fellow podcaster, a blogger, whatever it is, whenever they get on one of these topics and they tell exactly how they feel about it, you'll have a whole bunch of people, I felt the same way, I'm thinking this, and you know what, they give a little bit of their theories, this and that, then you see the oddballs, you go to hell, Uh, you're dumb, this, that, and third, blah, 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 and it goes on and on and on. And you would think people should respect one another's opinion. But that whole freedom of speech thing, right? You know, freedom of opinion, blah, blah, blah. It's your right to express how you feel, but at the expense of trying to destroy somebody else. That's what I want to avoid. I want my show to be a place where every opinion is indeed welcomed. If you want to talk about something specific, you want to take something I said and, you know, go ahead, do that. But I'm going to purposely avoid damaging factors by these topics, race, politics, and religion. Now, It's fine to be a sheep 
It is perfectly fine to be a sheep. So please don't think I'm saying, oh, sheeps are bad. Da, 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 da. But it is a proven fact scientifically, historically, mathematically, statistically, mathematically, same thing, that you have more sheeps than you have shepherds. And in fact, you will have a lot of wolves there to deceive you too. So with that said, it will be good if you guys would do your research on different topics. Do your own research. It's nothing wrong with being a sheep, but don't be a mindless sheep. Have sense enough to kind of, bah, wait a minute, hold up. That don't sound right, Mr. Wolf. You know, or bah, maybe this, Mr. Shepherd. I don't know, but <laughs> have some some type of foundation in your hands to help one another unify and build and grow but on any topic that I may talk about and I'm going to talk about a whole bunch of topics I'm pretty sure you guys are going to love my next topic but anyways whatever I seem to talk about you know I want you guys to you know give me your opinions and everything you know boom bam and even you know with this of course by all means, <laughs> let me know how you feel about this too. But honestly, please, 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 moving forward from today, if you have not, please do so. The internet is infinite. You can have access to anything, blogs, uh, um, what, I don't know, anything, any and everything, research, Get your information, compare, contrast that information, and do not, do not be mindless and go on the word of anybody. And that goes for religion too. Read the Bible yourself. Read the Quran yourself. Read whatever other Bible there is or holy word yourself. Meditation helps. Sit and think on it. And go from there. <laughs> but I know, I want to keep it short and simple. Today was a why day. And also an apology day. Sorry, sorry. But I am back in action. And I will be uh, recording ahead of time instead of the day before. <laughs> so... With that said, thank you so much for, you know, coming back. And thank you so much for visiting if this is your first time. I know I'm a little bit of a rambler. I'm getting there. Like I said, I'm new to this. But thank you so much for everybody who continued to motivate me. And by everybody, the very few people that continue to motivate me to continue to do what I love to do, which is to write and to talk. <laughs> All right, you guys have a wonderful, 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 wonderful week. I love you guys, and I will talk to you next time. Bye. Hello, hello, and welcome 
back to Precious Words. Let's talk about it with your host, me, Miss Precious. Um, now, today we're going to be talking about mental health and depression in specifics. Now, before I begin, if this is your first time listening to me, um, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Um, I would suggest you go to my first PC um, when I talk about separate but understood. That's just so you get a better understanding of how I think and how I'm going about these things. So with that said, let's jump right on in. Mental health is a very serious and yet sensitive topic that not a lot of people are educated on. See, a lot of people aren't aware that they're a family or friend is in a crisis state until it's stage four, which is the crisis stage. But see, there are warning signs and a lot of things that a lot of people miss. And see, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to list the different stages, one through four, and the different kind of disorders. Now, after this wonderful PC on mental health is done, you should take it upon yourself and go educate yourself on the, on these things because stages one through four is just general knowledge on mental health and its stages. But once you learn in depth on the different type of disorders, you'll know the stages and, you know, just go educate yourself on it. So stage one is mild symptoms and warning signs this is when you're able to maintain everyday abilities with a sense that something is wrong stage two symptoms increase in frequency and severity and it starts to interfere with your daily activities and roles your performances become more difficult and you have trouble keeping up with duties and responsibilities. Stage three, this is where it begins to worsen. Start losing control of your life and the ability to fill your roles. Whether you're a mother, sister, at work, a boss, whatever. Stage four, this is the jeopardy stage. A combination of systems, growth, and persistence and in impairments can lead to other health conditions, and it has the potential to lead to a crisis, then the loss of a life. Now, the different types of disorders is anxiety disorder, which in description is dread and fear, mood disorders, Emotional fluctuations, psychotic disorders, distorted awareness, psych ooh, <laughs> eating disorder, disorder, anorexia and bulimia, impulse control and addiction disorder, urges, personality disorder, and flexible personality traits, obsessive compulsion disorder, rituals, post-traumatic stress disorder trauma now there are different kind of remedies 
spiritual being religion scientific being medication or group therapy and with these remedies some people come out strong some semi-strong and others they they don't make it now why why is the question now firstly mental health is not as easy as a description and or definition because most times it's not just one monkey on your back and it's going to take more than just popping one or two pills and it goes away or going to one or two sessions and it goes away no it, it doesn't go away that easy is a mental battle, a self versus self battle that needs dedication and motivation, encouragement. And I myself am a walking testimony to how hard it is to fight and to keep fighting. But we're going to come back to that later. Now, oftentimes you have people that may just throw disorders in people's faces. Half the time they're truthful and they're in search of somebody who will take them seriously, challenge them. Challenge them to find the root of the problem and help them solve it. Somebody they can confide in, trust and take that journey with them to recovery. And other times, people try to use disorders as a superpower to shake someone up with fear. Oh, I'm crazy. I'm bipolar. I got multiple personalities. Sometimes I have to talk to Beth, Suzanne, and John, and then I just black out and go all crazy. Trust me, I've heard some classmates in school say certain things to find out there's nothing wrong with them and they just do this simply for attention. But see, mental health is nothing to play with. Mental health is not a superpower. It is a super burden. Now, don't get me wrong. Plenty of people that were once victim of the mental battle that becomes victor. Yeah. The superpower is the fight that you have. And once you tap into that fight and you fight back with everything, with determination and dedication to overcome that fight is the superpower and it's nothing to be mocked because when you when you're having that mental battle, it can lead you to some dark, dark places. Some places that it's hard to get out. And see, that's where decision-making comes in. Decision-making that it takes people a while to kind of come to, come to make. The fear of being alone not being accepted or being afraid of who you are, accepting your own truth. 
But decision-making can either make you or it can break you down. And I'm going to get into that shortly. From personal experience, coming out and admitting that you are in a dark place is not easy. It is not an easy thing to do. Because sometimes... When you speak and try to explain what's going on, it seems like a simple fix. But when in your mind, when you're thinking about it, when you're going over it, you start to remember certain things that you didn't mention. And it's more complex than just words. But just coming out and saying, I'm struggling with this thought and I need help with this. Now, depending on who you're talking to, will determine how that conversation will go. Now see, for an example, back in the days, even now today, a lot of people, well, with a religious background, say, don't claim this or that. That's just the devil playing with your mind. And then they go on and go on and just away from the whole, the the problem in the first place. They go on to something else. But see, nowadays, people know that when dealing with mental health and that self versus self battle, it's not just a thought that comes and goes at will. It's not just an urge that comes and goes at will. It's not just a fear that comes and goes at will. And that it takes dedication Sometimes 50 plus prayers a week and constant one-on-ones with your pastor or your deacon to keep you from out of that dark place that you once was in. And that's why I say the decision making is very critical. Who you talk to and when you decide to talk to that person. Because it's a two-way street. And you need to make sure, you really need to make sure Whomever you're going to confide in is going to take you seriously. It's going to help you and not place you deeper in that dark part of your mental. It is very critical that we understand the reality of the situation. That even when everything's going good. And you feel like you have a hold on the situation. You got it under control. And you know, you know, what to avoid to prevent, uh, you know, flare-ups or whatever. The problem about it and where decision-making is critical is having someone by your side that's going to support you and that's going to help you. Because regardless on if you... You know, you know your triggers or whatever. Sometimes, sometimes you're going to have flare-ups. Sometimes, you know, it's just, thoughts are going to surface. And you're going to get in mode some days. Sometimes it lasts for a full day. Sometimes it's just a part of a day. But it's going to happen. Now, it doesn't happen to everybody. Not that I know of. For most people, it does happen. So decision making is ha- 
having that support system that you can reach out to when you are in these modes so you don't get stuck in those modes. Now, for some people, they have a solution where they change Now, a solution that a lot of people go to is changing people, places, and things. People they used to hang around, places they used to go, and things that they used to do. In this case, NA and AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. And this really helps a lot of people. But it's not a cure it doesn't make it go away. When it comes down to my personal opinion of how I feel about um, this topic, and this comes from my own experience and that of those who I know who suffers from different disorders. Now, a lot of times these disorders lead to depression. Um, you feel alone, you feel like no one understands you, no one wants to deal with you because of how people talk to you, have people treat you, people give up on you. And when you get into a depressive state, when you sit in this state, it starts to fester, locking you into your dark place. Now, I know I said depression is like a symptom because it, it to me, it's like a symptom. But in all honesty, depression is a mental illness itself. And a lot of people tend to grace its presence um, in a certain part of their life. Whether you lost your job, you lost your girlfriend, your wife, somebody passed, whatever. A lot of people touch depression in their lifetime. Now, I had this uh, this person, I called him my adopted brother. I used to live with his family. And he went through, you know, well, first we lived on two different sides of the tracks. We went through different things. And I went through a, um, I went through a, a breakdown um, one winter, a mental breakdown. It was, I was in a very low place. And he was, you know, talking to me, you know, saying you know he went through something similar and he was saying that he had no right going through what he went through because he didn't go through what I went through and I had to stop him there because you know I simply told him just because we went through different things doesn't mean that there's any rank in who had it worse or who deserves to be depressed because honestly depression don't care if you just lost ten dollars and you wanted to get you some fries like it Depression, and I know that was like a, a silly example, but it's true. Depression isn't, you know, this person, you know, matters more. This situation is more this. It's nothing like that. But in all actuality, a lot of people, they try to make other people feel better by trying to compare their experiences to yours as if yours is unreasonable uh it's not as serious as their situation and even though they're not saying it that's just how it makes a person feel 
But even in the situation when if your parents, you have both parents and they provide you with everything. As humans, we do our best. Bottom line. We do our best for the people that we love, for our kids, for our parents, for our brothers, for our sisters. And it's just the matter of the person that you're the person themselves. You have to really pay attention to those around you. Because it's not just the basics. Food, shelter, water, clothes. Because you can really get that from anybody, anywhere. But it's that pure love and understanding. No conditions. Which is honestly a two-way street. But it's these things that matters the most. These things which makes it critical when you're in a depressive state. Or whatever state that you may be in. If you're suffering from any kind of disorder. Someone who loves you regardless, give you understanding, give you space, give you time with no conditions. But on the same token, on the other side, that you try your best to reach out and communicate. You know, because it's a two-way street, the love and understanding. Understanding that, you know, that person is trying to understand you. That person is you know, sacrificing X, Y, and Z to understand you and understanding that they're doing everything they can in their situation and you're doing everything you can in yours, you know? Two-way street. And people, I'm not saying, you know, don't compare. Because you can compare. Comparing can actually help, but if you know the person, you can pair where they were to where they are now if they made any progress so you know where a person was six months to a year ago to present and if they haven't made much progress if that doesn't help help them come up with a plan a six-month year plan little goals that can lead to bigger goals And get them to imagine where they could be in six months to a year. You have to try to help them envision light and compare to the dark within themselves. Because that's the only thing that they can see at that moment. Is their struggle right then and there, their struggle when they're in that dark place. You need to help them see the light and then move on to, you know, you move on to a different a different subject or something. You know, it, it just depends on the person. But you have to know that person. You have to really pay attention to that person. Now, have you ever heard the term one day at a time? Or the saying one day at a time? Now, one day at a time, um, some people can relate it back to uh, Narcotics Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous. Or um, maybe your teacher used it because he was in a book or it's a motivational quote, whatever. But it is a saying that exists and it's made for stressful situations um, that helps you not get overwhelmed. 
you know, you do everything you can in this day. And if you have not found the solution to whatever problem or situation that you may have the next day, you will try a new way of doing things, a new way of solving the problem. And you'll try your best tomorrow, but you do all that you can today and then all you can tomorrow until you figure out the solution to the problem or whatever the case may be. Now, a lot of people tend to use one day at a time as a crutch. And it's mainly because, in my own personal opinion, can't stress that enough, in my own personal opinion, it's because a lot of people are afraid to admit the fear of self-failure. They limit their dreams and they limit their achievements But the fact of the matter is everybody gets overwhelmed. Everybody has the fear of disappointing somebody or disappointing yourself for that. Not being that famous basketball player that you wanted to be or that amazing artist that you wanted to be selling thousands of paintings, thousands and thousands of. We get caught up in the race for success instead of getting caught up in our own happiness what's good enough for us versus what's good enough for everybody else one day at a time is not meant to hold you down but it's meant to help you out for yourself to get you on another level to Slow down your ways of thinking, slow down the anxiety attacks, slow down everything and just help you think. You take a deep breath in, out, one day at a time. You say to yourself, and it kind of clears your mind a little bit. You continue to do what you can, and then you say, deep breath in, out. You say one day at a time, and then you let it go, and then you Go on with a different subject, a different whatever. Just don't suppress yourself with one day at a time. Don't limit yourself because that will not help you. That defeats the purpose of the saying one day at a time. Now, this is just me speaking. Um... Like I said before, I try to go on, you know, I'll list some things down and talk about that or I'll write like a little scripted part so I don't get off, you know, off topic or whatever. But when it comes down to mental health, like I said, me personally, I have always went through my own personal battle. I have dark thoughts. I have... I have constant battles at night, mainly, that keeps me up. It keeps me from sleeping. It keeps me from moving on faith. You know, it it keeps me isolated. It keeps me to myself and by myself. A fear of people not accepting me, a fear of not being enough. My thing is feeling insufficient. For a while, a lot of people have made me feel insufficient. And I know that about myself, which helps me. And I came to that conclusion myself. But that came from talking. 
I had a therapist at one point. I had a counselor talking to God, talking to my grandmother, talking to my mother, talking to myself. And I've come to a conclusion that I feel insufficient. I do suffer from anxiety, anxiety, uh, depression, um, nothing else mainly. It's just those two. I haven't been diagnosed with anything else and I'm not even going to venture to any other side. But I know for certain that I have plenty of panic attacks. I have I have fears. I have I have a battle in which the fight in me has not died and I continue to fight. Even though sometimes I feel tired, sometimes I feel I'm weak, I prove to myself that I am in fact strong. If you are suffering from any type of disorder, any type of mental illness, identify, take time with yourself to identify the root of your problem. Like me, mine's is the feeling of insufficiency. When somebody makes me feel like I'm not enough, it takes me to my depressive state of mind. Even if somebody's not even trying, I have to separate myself and I have to evaluate the situation. I have to analyze. This is something I have to do to put me back on track. And I have to sit and I have to come up with a new plan because oftentimes I feel like I'm not enough for someone else. And it makes me go to a different place where I don't need to be. But you have to take time with yourself and you have to give yourself a break and you cannot go easy on yourself because honestly, you can talk to your blue in the face, but nobody will ever 100 percent know how you feel and how you react to things and how what sets you off completely or even what setting off consists of when it comes down to you because it is you and you know the feeling you feel, you know what it takes to set you off. You know what it takes to put you back on. You have to communicate and you have to also be enough for yourself. Now, it is a battle that I'm going to have to face for my the rest of my life, but I refuse to give up. For the simple fact is I know that it will not always be this way. I'm going to have happier days. I'm going to have days where everything else is going to be put together and it's going to be a new set of problems I'm going to have to worry about when I have kids later on down the future or whatever the case may be. If I can't have kids, you know, not trying to speak nothing up, just saying, (laughs) but this is life and in life, things happen, domino effects, karma, whatever it is you want to call it. Things happen. It's all in how we process it. The decision-making, the decisions that we make, decision-making is in fact critical and it is up to us to make it easier for ourselves by reaching out, spending time with ourselves, being honest with ourselves, taking steps for ourselves, getting the right people around us to encourage us and to help us. Now, this is a part one on mental health. Um, I myself, I'm going to be doing more research in depth when it comes down to a few things because I have questions and I have 
you know, more things that I want to get into when it comes down to this, because this is just a little scratch on the surface. This is just a little touch up. And I want to go deep into it. So this is part one. Later on, I will be doing a part two on mental health. And with that said, thank you so much for once again tuning in to Precious Words with me, Precious. Um, I'm so glad we talked about this. And I hope you guys go do your research because mental health, mental illness, the struggle is real. It exists and it's killing people. It's taking people's lives. So I love you guys and you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. Keep your head up and your heart and love strong. Reach out to somebody. Touch somebody. Bye-bye. Hello and welcome, welcome back to Precious Words with your host, Precious. Um, today, we're going to be talking about relationships, um, whether it's friendship, boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever. And we're just going to, we're going to touch on it, but we're most definitely going to talk about deeper meanings, um, representations, misunderstandings, and, you know, red flags and all that, so... Welcome back and let's get into it. Now, what made me want to do this, I had something else that I had worked on um, that I'm going to be um, releasing uh, the next the next time, the next Sunday that I do this. Um, it's already pre-made. I put it together, but I just need to, you know, edit some things or whatnot. But um, recently I was having a discussion about the movie Acrimony with um an older male in his 50s and you know we had our different viewpoints about it of course he mentioned that I'm only 20 I have no experience and that I just don't you know know any better and he has 50 years and all this and all that um but I'm raised on principle regardless of your age if you don't go by principle if you don't have any set principles or values then you know a lot of things that you may do or say is going to be wrong or, you know, going to offend somebody or, you know, somebody's going to take it the wrong way because the principles and values in which you acted or uh, commented or whatever, it, it just, it's, it's empty without foundation. You understand? If you get what I'm trying to say. But yeah, so just in case you don't know what the movie Acrimony is, Acrimony is a talib Perry produced movie, created as well, I believe, um, with Taraji P. Henderson. I'm pretty sure I said her name right. If I didn't, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, where she, a uh, young, young college student, meets this young college, another college student. Um, she basically, you know, gives her all. You know, he basically cons her out of all of her money. And she said, you know, as her money got lower, his affection started to, you know, the tear from her, all that, all that, you know, playing the games, getting what he wants. He wanted to, you know, he had a dream and he was chasing it, which is beautiful. But it was at the expense of a woman's youth and time. She worked two jobs, lost her mother's house trying to support him. And she was just fed up and tired. And, you know, uh, he ended up having a breakthrough. Um millions 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 of dollars and you know she basically had a break and lost lost her mind now 
when it comes down to this, it's always the side of, you know, it depends on, you know, like I said before, at the very beginning, it all depends on how someone, uh, comprehends and understands certain situations. It all depends on your background and how you feel. So let's talk about it. So when it came down to my coworker, he was saying that 10 million, he, um, the husband offered the ex-husband offered her 10 million and bought her her house back that she lost. Um, and he was like, she should have just took it and left. Um, talking to, uh, this young lady I went to school with, um, I most definitely did side with her more because, um, from the way the story was told, she gave everything and all. And when she needed him the most, when she needed him to work a simple job, he wouldn't do it. Um, when I say simple, I mean, you know, the, um, the sister's uh, husbands allowed him into the family business. I think it was like moving things and, you know, he messed up that job to go to his presentation. All in all, I was for his dream and I completely understand, you know, when you have a dream, you got to make sacrifices and he sacrificed and sacrificed and got what he wanted. Um, however, I felt he should have fought for her back, you know, because um, all that she wanted was what she worked for and what she helped him you know get to um but you know a lot of different men a lot of men felt as though he was in the ride she was just batshit crazy and blah 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 all that all all that when in all actuality in reality the entire situation stems from the foundation in which they were in a relationship she was in it for one thing and he was in it for another and it was clearly shown um he needed things and he got what he needed to survive he was a, a survivor and sadly and this happens a lot the young woman she you know i wouldn't i'm not gonna say she was naive but she was in love and uh, love made her blind or love made her see something that a lot of people did not see, you know, I, I don't know. Um, however, when it comes down to that entire situation, when it comes down to analyzing both sides, um, w which helps us better understand one another too. Cause I understand what my coworker was saying about the man, you know, let's analyze him. You know, he didn't have much of anything. He had a woman who believed in him versus nobody else who believed in him. You know, he didn't have money. He had somebody who he depended on, you know, f to get his, to get where he was trying to go. Um, and yeah, and she kicked him out. He had to stay in a shelter. She almost she comp she almost compromised his project um, by getting ruined by the rain because he got kicked out in the rain. And you know, when once that uh that woman from college, she was able to get him into the meeting that he always wanted. And you know, his project was worth more than you know the original amount, which was the original amount was three million, and he got more. Um, so yeah, it's, and, and the whole thing about the, the woman, he cheated on his, uh, wife when they were dating in college with the woman that got him the interview. 
Um, so that that's that's his analysis. You know, he, uh, as a lot of people said, his way of saying thank you to his ex-wife was buying the house that she mortgaged for him, um, and that that she lost for him and went into bankruptcy, and also giving her ten million. Um, that was his way of saying thank you and making sure that she was comfortable and good. Ten million, right? Um, now, when it comes down to analyzing the woman, going back, she was in love. She loved him. She found him attractive and found something about him that just made her just want to help, just want to love him, just want to support him. She saw a future with this man. She sacrificed her youth, her time. She worked two jobs and he didn't have to lift a finger, even though he did do some odd jobs, but it wasn't enough to bring any money in um, because he was, you know, set on his dream. And as time went by from her 20s to her late 30s, you know, um, he got the three million deal and it just seemed like he wasn't going to get the meeting and, you know, all the money that she had to spend to help get the stuff, his uh, his equipment and you know, things were going wrong with the house, and then they put the house up. It was her mother's house. All her trust fund money was gone, and, you know, he would sleep in, and she would just get up early in the morning and go to one job and go to another at night. And, you know, she didn't get a chance to start her life. Now, a lot of people say that, oh, 30 is young. 30 is, in fact, young. Do not get me wrong. However, a lot of times you will have... 30, 40-year-olds tell 20-year-olds, look, enjoy your life because once you get to my age, there's complications if you have kids or, you know, whatever it is, you're not as young as you were. Like your body starts to, you know, turn on you or whatever, however they say it. You, you've heard it. You've heard it from your elders, from your grandmother, from your auntie or whomever. You've heard the stories because I have. And it, it's just... When you really look at the picture, a lot of people, and myself, I said she should have been left. And, you know, the guy said, well, that's her fault. She should have left. But if that was your daughter, that would have been a whole different situation. You would most definitely see it my way, right? Right. So let's take a deeper analysis into the woman's point of view because I I am a young lady I may be 20 but I have some experience it may not be the experience of a 50 60 year old but my experience is just as good for my lifetime and gets me as far as I can go and I still have plenty of learning to do I'm not knocking anybody and I damn sure don't want nobody knocking me so let's go deeper into analysis of the woman, shall we? All right. So a woman is a nurturing, nurturing creature. A man is the provider, the protector, and whatever. We are at a new age where a woman can be the provider and also can be a protector. We have women in law enforcement who, uh, military, you know, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing nowadays, you know, but it's that nurturing piece. What, what does that nurturing piece mean? Nurturing isn't only towards a child. A nurturing is for your family, for your husband, um, whomever you decide to build a family with. 
you know, your mother, your grandmother, um, nurturing, you love, you, you, you cherish, you help, you know, that it's in a woman's nature to do that. Now, not every woman is. A lot of women have been hurt and they kind of hold back, but they do what they can. And you can still see that slightness of nurturing. But in this case, when it came down to Miss um, Henderson's role, she was most definitely the provider, the nurture. She, she nurtured his, his ego, his pride at the expense of her own happiness. You saw as she got older and she's tired of working and supporting, you're not getting anywhere. And then, you know, boom. But to, to better say, can't we just see that she felt alone in, in the movie? She felt alone. And as I've, I've dated um, for a year and a half, two years, um, and my, my situation, I'm not getting into my situation, but my situation wasn't puppy dog love. It wasn't, it was, a, it was a serious, it was serious circumstances. Um, it was, it was something serious, but all in all, when you are giving your all to someone and I've seen it with my mother, I've heard stories when it came down to my great grandmother, I've heard stories when it came down to my auntie, I've heard stories when it came down to my uncle. But when you when you give your all to someone, you lose. You're losing youth, you're, you're losing time, you're losing experiences. That's why um, a lot of like my uncle, he tells me, live young, don't get married, don't have no kids yet. Because, you know, my cousins, one's married, have a kid, and the other one, she has twins. So he's like, you know, don't, don't do that. Do military, explore, you know, kids are a blessing, but you know, you don't need them, blah, blah, blah. Because you miss out on a lot. But when you are in love and you're building a future with somebody, you know, you're, you're giving your all. You're supposed to give your all. You're supposed to give your loyalty, your honesty, your 150. You're supposed to find another percent and give that too. Because it's a partnership. You're building towards a goal. You're supposed to motivate each other in the mornings, in the night, in the afternoon. You know, just let, let somebody know that there's love there. There's understanding there. But if you're in a relationship and you feel alone, like you're the only one working. The love isn't real on both sides. You know, you're the only one working. The other person's completely taking advantage of you. And you're begging them, look, I need your help. You're saying, look, this is, I got these bills. I got this, this, this. I need your help. You know, you're doing great, baby. I love you. And you're not getting any type of thank yous. Now, in the movie, normally if a husband is loving his wife and shows appreciation, you'll have different scenes where he's going to stop on his project, right? Say in the movie, if he stopped in his project and he cooked dinner for her when she came back, rubbed her feet, you know, ran her a bath and, you know, had like two scenes where he's like, baby, look, I appreciate you. You working hard and you supporting me. And, you know, when I get to this point, I got you. I promise you, you got to believe in me. I need you to believe in me, you know, rub her feet, fix her something to eat. You know, you, you never in the movie, you did not see him give until... He got what he wanted completely. And then he gave her 10 million in the house back and then went on with somebody else with the dream that she sacrificed her blood, her sweat and her tears for. You got to understand where she's coming from. 
Now, yes, at the beginning, you could see clearly they were not in the same boat. But at the same time, for most people, depending on what you're missing in life, depending on what you have found that makes you feel a certain way, love, love conquers all. It really does. And sometimes it blocks. It puts up obstacles because it, it blinds you from red flags. Everybody knows what red flags are. Red flags are... Uh, signs that somebody may be cheating on you, um, signs somebody may not really love you, signs, you know, somebody's in the relationship for the wrong reason, signs that you're losing somebody, signs that you never had somebody. It's red flags from the way somebody talks to you, the way they treat you, the way they look at you, um, the way they used to look at you, the way they used to, you know, it's, it's signs, and it, what was, um, what I love the way he did the movie because she was in therapy, and even, you know, it'll do like the flashback to when she was younger and you could see in her, like in her facial expressions, the doubt, but then you saw her face calm because she's like, okay, I love him. He's going to do this. I believe in him. I'm supporting him and he needs me to stay strong. And that's what you've seen. That is exactly what you saw. You saw a young lady trying to help her man out so they can get to that throne together because that's what women do. They support their, they support their spouse. They support their man. They're supposed to, but they, you know, normally they do. All right. So back to what I was saying about the loneliness part about, you know, you're working in this by yourself and then, you know, you're begging, you're asking for help that you're struggling. You there's no, you know, context clues in the movie that she had any type of appreciation before the $10 million. And that, and <laughs> I'm going to get to that. So when you feel unappreciated, when you feel like you're alone, you feel like you can do bad all by yourself, right? And that's another Tyler Perry movie that she was in. I can do bad all by myself. That you feel like you can do bad all by yourself. You don't need that you don't need it so you can be like you know what you and the thing that you love you got to get out my house I'm about to lose this house anyway I got to do better I got to find you know she had to let him go she had to for the better of her now this is where it gets all mm -hmm. yes he was in a shelter and she moved with her sisters the sisters those definitely did not like this guy at all. They weren't there for her wedding, nothing, because they knew he was trouble from the start. It's a, you know, you have to see the movie. If you didn't see it, go watch it. But they knew. So she moved their sisters. She lost the house. She worked. And the men were like, you know, she should have stuck with them. She should have been in the shelter with them. And I could understand if, there were more clues that she was getting the same amount of love and appreciation back. All right. So we passed that part. I understand. Okay. Yeah. But do you understand why she didn't? I do, but I understand why you would think that she should or why she should have, but under the circumstances, <laughs> you know, so the movie goes on. And, you know, they're at court. She wants the money back so she can get her house back. But he gives her the house plus $10 million more. And she looks at him with disgust. 
And my coworker is like, you know, she's just, she's crazy because she wants to have the money. She wants this. She should have took the million and left. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the money. She didn't want the house just because it was a house. That was her mother's house. That was all she had left. Of course, she would want to take him to court for that back. But it was like an insult to her that he gave her the house and $10 million because she wasn't in it for the money. She wasn't in it for the money. She was in it for their dream together. What that boat stood for, he got a boat. His new girl was pregnant. By the way, the uh, Miss Henderson's character couldn't get pregnant because she was in college. He was cheating on her. She rammed the car into his trailer and rammed her body so hard she had ruptured ovaries so she can have kids. And everything that she lost, another woman had. Now, um, I use this as an example. When a man cheats, right? He loves his wife. And the only reason I use this is because this is the only uh, scenario I can think of for a woman to leave. is either you're not helping her or you're cheating on her. You know, a woman's going to leave. This has been, you know, this has been done before. Or she falls in love with somebody else. But in this case, you know, he wasn't helping. She was tired. She was drained. And she couldn't do it no more. So let's just say, let's say he cheated, right? It's been plenty of times where a man will come back to his like even even after a month two months he may move on with somebody else but he'll come back to his wife or like he'll just like sleep around or whatever but he's gonna come back to his wife some men don't even go around to sleep around they work their marriage out like i I love you i'm gonna keep trying for you because i love you i know i messed up been plenty of times people got a divorce and the men still look i love you i want to work this out you know blah 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 whatever whatever In my opinion with the movie, I felt like he should have fought for his ex-wife more. For the simple fact is she sacrificed a lot and she was tired and she was upset. And even though she did leave him, left him at his lowest, he he lost the house too. Well, no, she actually lost the house. She lost more. In my opinion, she lost more than he did. He lost somewhere to comfortably do his work, but she lost memories how she grew up in the house her mother left her her where her mother spent her last days you know or I I think she I think she passed in the hospital but you know she lost all those memories in that house them growing up growing apart she lost all that versus them keeping the house him you know doing what he got to do she can keep that house and they work together you know she can go to school or do whatever afterwards because she sacrificed so much so he can have now, when it all boils down, right, at the end, she, you know, she loses it. She tries to kill, she tries to kill them, you know. She ended up dying. She ended up drowning, you know, towards the bottom. The anchor drops her down to the bottom. Um, like I said, I hope that you guys watched it because I'm over here spilling. Um, but, yeah, so she ends up dying at the end. And... It just it just makes you think about what we tolerate, the red flags we ignore, and why a lot of women go to the extent of harming someone else or can't getting past someone else. And the answer is as simple as it can possibly get, even though it's not black and white. It's not black and white. It's not just this, but... It's investment. 
emotional, spiritual, physical, mental investments. When you invest time into someone, your youth, your money, your energy, your spirit, your spunk, your motivation, your encouragement, and you're giving, 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 filling somebody else's cup till you have nothing, you just become a shell, a hollow shell, and you're trying to find, you know, you're trying to find yourself and, you know, you don't know what to do. You lost so much time investing in somebody else. You don't know if you like to dance anymore. You don't know if you even like the job you're working at, you know, pushing papers. You don't know. You're just you're trying to figure out where to go. When all actuality, everything that you work for, all that time and energy you put into, you put into a dream with somebody that left you, just left you. Because it wasn't about the money. It's never about the money. Money is paper. The only value is the value we give it. Just think about it. The only value is the value. I'd rather not have anything at all but naked in the wilderness as long as I'm with somebody who loves me and who's going to make the wilderness an adventure for me, for each other. We could be scared. Stuck, stranded, but as long as I got my partner, we got each other's backs. We can be poor, living in whatever, what y'all call it, the projects, whatever y'all want to call it. We could be broke, but we make it last together. We could be scraping for pennies and nickels in the couch trying to get milk or whatever, but we make it work because we have each other. Because that's what family is. If you grow up with a family or without uh, it's been plenty of times people grow up with, you know, both parents, sisters, brothers, and they want that for themselves. They want a family. No, actually, no matter what, no matter what, you want a family. Whether you want kids to be involved or you just want a husband, a best friend, that best friend, her husband, or just your husband and a dog or maybe a cat. That's your family. Family. Family is a foundation of love, loyalty, honesty, encouragement, unconditional, unconditional investments in love, family. Everybody builds towards that dream. You want to go to college, get a master's, a doc, whatever. Your spouse, you know, go to school for whatever. Y'all both have your careers. You plan on having kids at a certain age. They're going to do private school, then public or public, then private school or whatever. Um, you want to live in a nice neighborhood with a nice yard, a dog. You want your kids to have piano classes, ballet, do dance, do cheerleading, uh, uh, sports, whatever. You want that. You want a family. You want, you want unconditional love. You want understanding. You want to feel wanted by somebody. You want to feel needed by somebody. And I speak firsthand. Now, this is not only coming because I was in a one and a half, two year relationship. No, no, no. This is coming from me experiencing the loss and gain of family Lovers and friends. And when I say lost and gain, I mean 
You grow up with family. And you learn so much about your father, your mother, your grandma. And what you knew as a kid, you know so much more when you're older. And you look at your parents differently. You look at your aunties and grandmas differently. Because you're no longer a kid. You're no longer blinded by, oh, hugs and kisses and daddy's not here and all that. It's so much more to it. You grow up. And you want more. You you know the truth and you want the complete opposite from how you grew up, from how you didn't grow up, from you want, you want foundation. You want a family. And it starts with someone you love, someone you trust, someone you can picture, someone you can imagine You can imagine the family. You can imagine the goals. You can imagine, you can, you can breathe. You can dream with this person. Because in this life, it is so hard doing things by yourself and not having the support. And I can tell you, I know, it's hard. It's hard being judged because you've been judged at every corner, every mouse, every minute. And when people get their spouses and you're just by yourself, you just by yourself, baby. And you look and you search for somebody who can love and support you the way you need to be loved and supported. Then your dreams come back because with all that that suppresses you, your dreams die sometimes. It becomes hard to do tasks. You get depressed. You just work in and then coming home. No, 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 no. When you find somebody who loves you, supports you, your dreams come to life and you can just talk to them about your dreams all day long and they don't mind hearing it 103 times because guess what? They love that about you. They love that light about you because you inspired them to dream and y'all dream together. Foundation. The principle of acrimony is foundation. What was missing or what was overlooked, the red flags was overlooked that the foundation was uneven on two different sides. One part was thinner and one part was thicker and that's why the house collapsed. Foundation. So I appreciate you guys sitting with me you know, listening to, you know, what I had to say, this was pretty much a get this off my chest type of deal. But yes, 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 yes. This was, this is going to be entitled, um, this is going to be entitled, (laughs) this is so funny. This is going to be entitled acrimony. I had to get myself together. I could not speak. I was getting tongue twisted. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening in. Please share um, and come back next time. Now, I'm trying to do it every Sunday, but I just recently, I'm working two jobs now. So that's, it's kind of difficult to <laughs> record and everything because I work nights from like 8 to 3 in the morning, 6 to 3, 1, 3, 6, whatever. And it's, it's just been, it's been a lot. But hey, I'm making it through and I'm going to get the job done. Um, So I love you guys. Um, Keep your heads high. And remember, do not ignore red flags and make sure you have a steady and even foundation. 
But nobody's perfect. But hey, closer you are, the better. All right, take care.